Oh, sometimes I do a little test. Test, test. one, two, oh. three. Test oh, 1765. Sometimes I do, this is a shout out to my test. You've yeah. never done that. Yes, I have. When have you ever done that? I've done that. Are you lying? No, Because the guest to... is here? No. We used to, I don't do it, but I think of doing it. That's what I meant to oh. say. Oh. <laughs> that really like, is what hmm. I meant to say. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me as always... And I usually insert something like <laughs> referencing the movie that's really witty there. That's hilarious. Yeah, it gets them every time. <laughs> it's my wife, Courtney. Hello, everybody. Also, special guest joining the show... Second time guest. Yeah, second time guest joining the show, it's Ryan Chalet. Wow. Uh, hi, everyone. It is more than an honor to be here. <laughs> We thought it was really important to invite Ryan because uh, when we all saw Avengers Endgame, well, I should say it was Cor Courtney's first time seeing it. We all saw it together. We did. Also, Ryan, I don't know if you remember this, but one of the first memories that I have with you and bonding with you was at a Christmas party sitting against a wall while everyone was making gingerbread stuff. And the first Avengers Endgame trailer had dropped. The one that spent a lot of time with Tony Stark mm -hmm. contemplating dying in a ship. Yep, yep. And we bonded over how much that affected us emotionally. <laughs> the trailer. It had really hit us in a, a place I didn't know I could be hit. Yep. Um, and let's be real. Like, you can only build a, a gingerbread house for so long. And I also remember that. And it was just this, this safe space. <laughs> I'd, I'd been living so long in this group of friends, and no one cared about Marvel. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no one that's could, accurate. No one cared. And so you came along, and you were a kindred spirit. I'm glad I could do that for you. <laughs> and you guys have been together ever since. Well, <laughs> just... Romantically. Yeah, and that's... The, the rest is history. That's the start honestly, of a long, honestly. beautiful relationship. Yeah. <laughs> From that point on, anytime a new trailer would come out, we would text each other, oh, you, yeah. I got chills at this part. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And looking back, it was it was genius how the trailers really didn't tell you anything. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my favorite my favorite type of trailers. They're very Honestly. misleading in the best way. Like they're giving you a story, but it's not a story that relates to the story. No, at all. In fact, it, I feel like it played into all of my expectations of like, what's the most generic version of this movie? Uh huh. And they kind of, I think they knew people were expecting that because all of the trailers were like. Basically only showed things from the first 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Interspersed with some other action moments. You're like, well, I guess they just have a big fight for there's three gonna hours. Be, there's going to be a fight. Well, and honestly, that I, I agree. I will avoid spoilers like the plague. I I never want to read them. I don't want to know what happens. I love going into a movie blind. And so thank you, Marvel, for giving us that. Shout out to my sister. She recently said, I've, start, I've stopped watching trailers like i've like you've like because every time i feel like we'll be wanting to watch a scary movie and she'll be like well let's watch the trailer and then ryan and i always turn away because we're like i don't it's I don't gonna ruin it especially a scary movie i uh, love yeah. walking into a scary movie not knowing what's gonna happen at all yeah See, and you, so she recently said man. she was like i actually stopped watching the trailers like we're i don't do Lord's that as work, much honestly. we are you guys are my people because i thought i was always like the only wet blanket in the world when people would be like do you see the trailer for this i'd be like no don't and don't tell me anything about it i don't want to watch it 
I can't avoid some big franchises like Marvel movies, Star Wars. I, I can't help myself. Sure. But I, everyone, you always kind of feel like you're throwing water on a fire. Yeah. Did you see the, did you see something for this? I'm like, nope. Nope. And, and say nothing more. Don't say anything about it. Oh, yeah. speaking of, I was at work today and we're back in the office Behind me, three or four guys were talking about Ozark, and they kind of like started making their way through all the seasons, and they got to three, and I was like, ah, and I just panicked, and then I was like, wait, I can leave. So I just like got up and went to the bathroom, and when I got back, they were done, but I was like, why would you talk about that in like an open area? Some people are are dumb. I had a coworker who wanted me to watch Better Call Saul, as did you. Yes. Jason. Um, So I started watching it, and he was like, oh, where you at? And I said, oh, I'm just... In the middle of the season one or season two, I can't remember. And he was like, oh, has this happened? Ah! And I wanted to punch him in the face. The frustrating thing is it's easy to get around. Just be like, tell me what's happening. What's yeah. the last thing you saw? Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, I will say, going back to this movie, mm-hmm. people, I feel like, for the most part, were very respectful after it came out about talking about it. There was a big uh, campaign pushed by the directors to have like a spoiler ban and they had like hashtags that were like don't spoil the end game and yes. Thanos demands silence were the yes, two Thanos hashtags demands silence <laughs> I forgot about that and they were like they had like I think it was like two weeks or something where they were like please they like recorded a message they're like wow. don't spoil this movie for people just making yeah. it very clear like only an a-hole would honestly spoil it. I know I would have been so pissed if Can some you of the imagine? elements of this movie had been spoiled can't even imagine how mad. Ryan, what is your relationship to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, uh, wow. I I feel like I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> um, Do you want to bear your testimony? I'd like to it? bear my testimony. In preparation to see Endgame, I remember um, starting in maybe February, um, watching every single... Marvel movie leading up to Endgame. Uh-huh. Wow, did you do that on your own? I did it with a friend. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, so I'd, I'd seen... Wow, judgy. <laughs> what? I watched all of them on my own leading up to <laughs> Infinity War. And okay. even creepier, uh, the, the place I was living, it had like a huge like walk-in closet that I was like, you know, if I pulled in a little desk in here, I could create my own little theater room. <laughs> and I watched all of them basically in my closet with the door shut. That is crazy. But your closet was huge. It was huge. Okay. And it sounds ridiculous, it but sounds it, dumb, it but was really big. You yeah. needed to do yeah. that. Um, but I did say that to Ryan because none of our friends like Marvel. Which is statistically very weird. Yeah. but I, And so I was kind of like, who did you watch that with? But you, I knew. like. Well, your, your tone said everything, but... Yeah, sure. Yeah. You're weird. Well, no one else wanted to watch them. <laughs> hey, I would have watched them. I didn't know. Um, would you ever, are you enough of a fan that, would you ever like do a marathon like in a movie theater that's like four days long? Nah. I think that could be fun. I would need a good break and be, like I, I'd want to have a good, like a, a long time in between seeing them. So maybe if I hadn't seen them all in a year. <laughs> so have, would you say you, have you like been a fan since the beginning of it? Have you like attended all the, like seen every movie in theater within no. reason? So within reason, yeah. Okay. I, I will say, I'm pretty sure Iron Man came out. 2008. He, <laughs> just, he just, just for the, the audience at home, he just looked at Jason and Jason spit out the year. As, as I he, knew he would. Does. I yeah. knew he Thank would. Thank you. May 16th. Um, so I remember watching Iron Man so many times. Yeah. Um, never in theaters, though, because I, I missed it. Going forward, though, pretty consistently um, seeing them in theaters. And then especially once we got to, like, phase 
three, those were like events. Like those movies would come out and it was a big deal. Big fan over here. Big fan. Any other thoughts you want to share about them in general? I I, I will say I don't think, well, especially because of what's happening right now, but we haven't had a movie event like in game since. I don't know if we will. (laughs) Like I, I remember I went to an IMAX showing, so a giant theater. For your, like, for my initial... Midnight, right? Uh, yeah, well, like, 9 o'clock. Sure. Midnight. Opening day. Opening day. To a full IMAX theater, so hundreds of people, which was so fun then, and, like, such an energy, and everyone's excited, and there's, like, cheering, um, and just thinking, I don't know when that'll happen again. Well, even, even not even just because of the coronavirus, but, like, when, right. will, when will there be... An event like this of... Like, this was 10 years of, like... Leading, like, a long-form narrative leading up to this one event. Like, a payoff. Like, there's going to be more movies, obviously, but they're, like, this could be, like, an end point. Right. I don't know. Okay, I missed it. No, you didn't. You were there. You're just pissed. That was actually... (laughs) I think that was part of my pitch to you, to go see it. Yeah. I was like, you're not going to want to miss this. But, like, I didn't get that experience because I wasn't as excited for all the other ones. He looks yeah, okay. at me, uh, yeah. scolding yeah. his Dis- eyes say it all. If you ever like just YouTube, like Avengers Endgame reactions, people just have posted like them filming their theaters, reacting to some of like the key moments in the movie. It would be honestly, I would be so pissed off if I was in the theater at that moment. People are so obnoxious, but watching them like secondhand, it really is incredible like how like how much this affected people and how like psyched and like crazy people go for like some of the best moments in the movie. Well, I'm excited. I have not watched it since we saw it. Same. Oh, I've, same. I've watched, wow. I've watched parts of it, but I haven't watched, sat down and watched it all the way through. Same, yeah. P- perfect. You want to give us a rundown? I'll give you a rundown. I know I promise every time this one's going to be short, but this one actually will be because only two movies came out between Infinity War and Endgame. Okay. That is, the first one is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Have you seen that, Courtney? No. You've seen it? I've yeah. seen Ant-Man. Okay. I saw this movie on a Saturday at your recommendation to start seeing movies yeah. early Saturday morning. <laughs> it's yeah. a great time to That's, see movies. It's my favorite horror movies. Oh, oh we share that. <laughs> Good horror You movie and I share that. At like 9 or 10 a.m. One time Ryan and I went to see The Purge at 9 a.m. on the 4th of July. <laughs> it was a blast. There was nobody there. Here's a question. With it horror movies, I feel like, do you appreciate audience participation? For the most part. Yeah, we've had some annoying... If they're too rowdy, that's not fun. Or if like they're not being respectful of the quiet time. Yeah, or phones. Phones always uh, piss us uh, off, yeah. obviously. Um, I thought you were going to say one time we went to see The Quiet Place also at like 9 a.m. Oh, yeah, I'm embarrassed of that. <laughs> and we brought in McDonald's. <laughs> and just the most intricate bites I've ever taken it in my life. So like I think luckily we got there during the preview so we unwrapped everything during the previews yeah. but then it started and I just remember just like like no <laughs> you just, I imagine you opening bite. the wrappers with two tips like yeah. never have I made a bigger mistake. I know. I I seriously was sitting in there I was like this is a bad idea. I, I I like felt really bad. Ant-Man and the Wasp, not much to say. Uh, it made $622 million worldwide. Honestly, no Marvel movie has really been a financial loss in any way. That's amazing. Some of them have maybe like underperformed early on, but since Avengers and on, they've all made substantial amount of money. Right. The only thing story-wise you really need to know is, even though this came out a couple months after Infinity War, it's technically set just before. It was kind of honestly a bit of a palate cleanser 
because it's a lot more upbeat, happy, and like kind of goofy and fun. Yeah. A lot more. The Ant Man series is a lot more lighthearted, but it shows what happened to Scott Lang between Civil War and Infinity War. Hope Van Dyne, who's played by by Evangeline Lilly, mm-hmm. becomes the Wasp, which is essentially the same power set as Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Shrink, get big, right? Mm-hmm. And there's an after credit scene where they're testing out the quantum realm, which you know what it is because of Endgame. Right. But like Ant Man goes into the quantum realm. Thanos' snap happens, and Hope, her dad and mom, who are the old Ant-Man and Wasp from the 60s, all disappear, and Ant-Man is stuck in the quantum realm. Okay. And that's where we leave him. Gotcha. Second movie that came out in between was Captain Marvel, which you have seen. Yes, I have seen that. We saw that together. I loved Captain Marvel. We we really... You liked it too, didn't you? You didn't love it as much as I did. Yeah. You liked it. Uh, I think the reason I don't love it as much is because it's very generic as far as like origin movie uh-huh. which there has been ton of those so far but if you haven't been really exposed yeah. to the superhero genre I that also, wouldn't feel as rote which I, I think i also didn't really like brie larson before that i don't know why oh i she wasn't my favorite i just wasn't her biggest fan and so i kind of went in thinking like uh oh, like the combination of like i don't know what this story is gonna be it's a marvel movie I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. So my expectations were kind of low. And then I saw it, and I came out loving Brie Larson and a changed woman, <laughs> if you will. Well, it works really well as a standalone movie anyway, if you haven't seen any of the Marvel movies. Yeah, it's good. I would actually say, my opinion, not, not so much flipped from that, but like I really have always really liked Brie Larson. And I think she's fine in these. It's hard because in the movie, she like doesn't have a memory for a lot of it. or So like her personality isn't really well-defined. Uh-huh. So I don't really blame Brie Larson but I thought it was good and I've been thinking I want to rewatch it because I think I might like it more on a rewatch because I like that they introduced the scrolls I've always liked the scrolls because growing up my like my my superheroes were like Spider-Man X-Men Fantastic Four and the scrolls are a Fantastic Four like reoccurring villains and I like I like the shape-shifting element because there's another pretty massive storyline called Secret Invasion where the scrolls have like no one's really sure who to trust because the they're not sure like if other Avengers are scrolls. And introducing scrolls in Captain Marvel, a lot of people speculated that Endgame was going to be an adaptation of Secret Invasion, um. where it would have been revealed that a lot of the characters you've known for years are scrolls. Whoa. Which would have been pretty crazy. They still could do that. That's where I think I always think about Loki and the scrolls. Did you tell me are those connected at all? No, but maybe because like they have he, the same... he can like change his appearance a lot. Yeah. So that might be why. Right. Oh, maybe I told you there's a twist in Captain Marvel where the scrolls are good guys. Yeah. Um, well at least the set like the group of scrolls that you meet. And I saw that twist coming because she's a part of the Kree. It's like the Krees versus the scrolls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm following. <laughs> and in Oddly Guardians enough. of the Galaxy, the villain is Ronan, who is a Kree. And so oh. I was like, oh, I think this movie's already kind of set up that the Krees are bad. Okay. Anyway, Captain Marvel made $1.1 billion, made a lot of money, 78% Rotten Tomatoes, so one of the lower, I guess, critically regarded ones. Yeah. Uh, first female-led Marvel movie, which is crazy, that because Black Widow should have been that, like, eight years ago. <laughs> um, and it was the first female-led superhero movie to make over a billion dollars. There was a lot of people ragging on this movie, um, a lot of hate. For Brie Larson in particular, because okay, of don't her, look at me. her trolls like trying to like crash the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes for this for that reason. That sucks. 
it's so stupid. People are people are so weird about it. It's wild that that still is, like still happens. I know. It's crazy. Anyway, the only thing you really need to know, or I guess remind you from that movie, is Captain Marvel's a thing. She's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Set in the 90s. She goes off. She's friends with Nick Fury. If you remember at the end of Infinity War, he sends out like a beacon to her. And then there's a post-credit sequence in Captain Marvel where all of the like Earth-bound Avengers are still reeling from the snap. Mm-hmm. And then she shows up. Yes. That scene isn't in Endgame. Yeah, hey, I'm here. That. Where's Nick Fury? Right. Yeah. So the only things you really need to remember from this movie, it shouldn't be too hard because we just watched it. It picks up almost directly after Infinity War. Thanos, the last thing we've seen of Thanos is he said, you should have gone for the head to Thor. And then... Got out of there. He's gone. And no one really knows where he went. You got like the Earthbound Avengers, which is like Steve, Natasha, Thor, Bruce Banner, Rocket on Earth. Tony Stark and Nebula were left on Titan. And we're going to lead right into this. Okay. All right. The year is 2019. Sure. What was the top song? Do you want to guess? Of this weekend. I bet Ryan's good at this. The weekend this came out? Yeah. So uh, end of April, early May. Because here's what I remember what's about this night. Okay. The night this came out. A song also came out. All right. What was it? Taylor Swift, the first song of hers, Off Lover. Oh, me? Yes. Me <laughs> dropped the same night as this movie. Oh, yeah. It is that sounds... Not that song. Okay, okay, let me guess again. Okay. Oh. I have wait. another guess that okay. I'll throw out there. Okay. I'm going to go with Never Really Over. I was going to say that. Was it Katy Perry? No. Okay. Well, oh, my gosh. What is it? I'll get going. <laughs> anyway, it was nice to see you, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. The song was Old Town Road. Oh, that is bullshit. But also that song was huge. It was huge. And I never hear it anymore. I, I don't know if I know what that song is. I'm gonna take, take my, my horse to the old town road. That, that was a number one song? It oh. was on there for like four yeah, or five weeks. In the That's stupid. All right, a couple of other just 2019 things. This is something I do, Ryan. I love just it. Just kind of just place you, right? I'm just going to... Rapid Fire. Thank You, Next. Green Book. Us came out like two months before oh, this. Oh, damn. Right? Oh, it's so good. Aunt Becky goes to jail. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers sucker. Oh, yeah. oh that's yeah. such a good one. Uh, this might not be as much for you. Game of Thrones is airing its final season. When did you finish Game of Thrones? That summer. Okay. Are we there? Are we in 2019? Are we a We're year ago? I'm there. We have no idea what the next year could we possibly no bring us. In our, in our wildest, darkest uh, uh, dreams. No. There's no way. Uh, oh, the world is bright. Sweaty palms. 2020. Oh. All right, here we go. We're going to watch it. Okay, let's go. All right, everyone, we're back again. Back again. We did record a little bit and had a little bit of technical difficulties. Yes, we did. We thought the world was ending. It was just fireworks. That's true. Yeah, not only was the mic kind of cutting out on us, and then when we reset it up and we were ready to go, some loud explosions happened. <laughs> I thought the, I thought it was gunfire. One of us was shook. Yeah, I thought it was gunfire or, like, gunfire. <laughs> <laughs> or, like... A car was like spinning out of control and it was fireworks. Because it's June 4th. Yeah. yeah. One month before <laughs> Independence Day. Yeah, Sandy City screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we watched Avengers Endgame. We did. We loved it. Courtney, I know you've already said this to us probably about 10 <laughs> minutes ago, but how much of this did you remember going into it? 
I remembered it very well. Okay. I remembered it medium well. Okay. Tell us about that. Um, I remembered the basic story, but there was just a lot of, I feel like, little like moments that I think when I first saw it, I was just so concentrated on what's happening next that I, I wasn't paying attention to sometimes what was going on in the moment. Um, and so there were just a few little things like that that I noticed more, I think, um, like interactions that stuck out to me more. I remember specific emotional beats also because I revisit them a lot, but there was a lot of like the larger logistics of the movie that I kind of forgot because I never rewatched any of the Thanos Nebula side story. Oh yeah. That whole thing of them kidnapping future Nebula and then swapping places to get Thanos back. I kind of just forgot about all those, how those like mechanically how that works. Yeah, I, I talked about before how I didn't really remember all the snapping, and uh, I didn't understand how that works, but we don't need to get into it, because everyone else seems to understand perfectly. <laughs> and was, I guess now I do, too. <laughs> it was an important question, though. Yeah. It was the snap theology, if you yeah. will. Yeah, which I just had no prior knowledge of. Which it sounds like you guys had no prior knowledge of, and you just figured it out. <laughs> That's the weird part. I mean, I, I didn't want to say that. We, we learned it in boy school. Yeah, okay. Four key snaps over these movies. I will restate from what I said earlier that I like that in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline in the comic books, he wears the glove and he can kind of just do whatever with it. But I like that to operate all the stones at once is you, you do it one time and then it destroys your arm. Technically, Thanos does it twice. Because he does, he kills ev- half of everyone, and then he snaps again later to destroy the stones, and it almost kills him. So I, I just like that. There's, it, it seems it's better defined, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make the villain so powerful. Yeah, that it yeah. that it removes all stakes or like any kind of grounded uh, threat to it. Anyway, yeah, I like that element to it. Yeah, we did talk about how. At least for me, this was one of the best theatrical experiences of my life. I, I concurred. Just the, like the energy, the, the cheering, the collective sadness that I think everyone felt unrivaled. Well, and just we've all invested so much. Well, okay, I can't speak for everyone. At this we table, all. <laughs> but fans in general have invested so much into what the storyline was that we also talked about how it's incredible that they were able to stick the landing. The anticipation and expectations were so high for this movie to succeed, and it just did. Every way it wrapped it up, at least to me, was so satisfying, and I feel like didn't it hasn't divided anyone. There's always people that are going to be upset or not like how everything happens, but this movie pleased as many people as it possibly could have. And wasn't ridiculous. No. Yeah. Right, and I and I feel like in our in our current world, we we've had a few things recently where we've reached the end of something and it didn't land. You look at Game of Thrones. Think about Star Wars and how Star Wars. divided people. Yeah. There's like two extreme camps on what they like in Star Wars, and I feel like everyone is unified in being like Endgame was great. And it's weird those those three things: Marvel, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, all culminated roughly within the same like six months. And Endgame pulled it off. In right. a way, those other two just... They didn't, and people were mad. Yeah. I have a question. With all of those things ending, what do you think is coming next? Because, like, when one door closes, another one opens? The door really got slammed, though, here in 2020. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's just skip over that. <laughs> I know. I get what you're saying. I don't know. Like I think... Something's going to start. Well, there will be another, like, obviously, like, even just Marvel itself won't end. Like, they, this was definitely, like, they were closing the door. They were ending a yeah, chapter of the story, if you will. Like, if you never saw another Marvel movie again, 
This is a satisfying conclusion. I am sure their plans that they have set up, especially with acquiring Fox and getting all of the X-Men and Fantastic Four characters, they have probably like, if they're good and people are paying money, three more decades worth of story, of long form story, where they're expanding into like TV now. Like it's bleeding over into all these areas where like the Disney Plus shows and the movies will be in the same storyline in a way that they don't ignore each other. Like they will be, they will be consequential. Events that will happen in Disney Plus will affect the movies in a way that you have, unless you're like the fair weather, like I just go to the movies to have a good time kind of person. They expect you now to be like, okay, I'm going to watch every Disney Plus show and I'm going to watch every movie. But do you feel like at some point that will kind of fade? It would, I mean, like logically you think it would have to because every, every genre like has a peak and then dies. Like, the Western was dominant for like 30 years. At some point, superheroes... Star Wars, yeah. It's just going... It it will. I don't know what will take its place. So many people... I feel like every every couple years, for the last 15 years or so, people keep kind of like editorializing on how, well, this is it. The superhero movies are done. Here we, here we go. Like the last like gasp of breath of this like genre that like has a stranglehold on Hollywood. And we're not there. Like I think this proved people want, people want this and they have set up like, this was definitely a farewell to a certain class, a graduating class of characters, but they have a new, fresh class of characters to follow for multiple sequels, including, like, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and they still have yet to introduce so many... There are so many X-Men teams and, like, dozens of characters within the X-Men world that are just... can be, if done right, can be just as interesting and complicated as everyone we've seen so far in the Marvel Universe. They have so, I guess their stable of characters they can move forward is, it's insane. Endless. Yes. One might say. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I leaned forward to say something and then I, I didn't have anything. <laughs> I was going to just say something dumb, like even more endless. <laughs> I will say, like big picture, something that I thought this movie was triumphant in is a total subversion of my expectations. And we talked about it a little bit before the movie. I thought from the trailers... Like going into this, they were going to this would be a mission to find Thanos, big battles all throughout three hours, and they kill Thanos at minute 19. And from that point on, I had no idea what movie I was watching. And it was, I remember the moment that I really like mentally checked, what is this? This is so What's weird. What's coming next? Was when the Hulk and Rocket, the talking raccoon, are in the back of a pickup truck driving through Norway with like a 70s, like I think it's the Kinks song playing. But I was like, what am I watching? This is so <laughs> weird and great. Okay, so that, that brings me to a question I have. Okay. Was that Norway? Not not in real life. In the movie, was that Norway? Yes. Why did it say new... New Asgard. Asgard. Because Thor and all, like, that's Norse mythology. Right. And when they destroyed Asgard and Ragnarok, they were heading back to Earth. They are like, well... Asgard is a place, not a people. We'll go resettle on Earth with the survivors of Asgard. It's a it's a people, not a place. Oh my gosh. Did I say it backwards? That's okay. Norwegians were just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I mean I mean if uh the mythic gods of their like yeah. forefathers showed yeah, up and they're sense. like, Can we live here? That you'd probably be like, Yeah. You created us. I've talked to you about how it is weird that Technically, Norse mythology is the correct 
theology in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> like, technically, does that mean, like, Christianity isn't real in the Marvel Universe? Thor and Odin and, like, the Norse gods oh. are real. However, in Marvel, in, like, Marvel Comics, like, the devil is real. His name's Mephisto. Like, he is a character that operates. And, like, Ghost Rider is an agent of the he devil is. who, like, rebels and, like, now is, like, an anti-hero. Is the devil not a character? I mean, this is a dumb question. Who Who is anti-Thor uh, and Loki? Like, who's the devil in there? I guess Loki would be the... Yeah, do they really... Well, I guess... Or, like, Thor's sister. Yeah, Hela. Oh. She's, like, the queen oh, of the underworld. Sort. I have another question. Did yeah. she show up in the end? Hela? Yeah, does she show up? No. I know. It was somebody else. <laughs> the, this was based on no uh, pre-established storyline. Like, Infinity War picked up elements from the Infinity Gauntlet book, but this is basically uh, open map, so they were able to really do whatever they want. And I feel like this movie separates itself neatly into like three acts where it's almost like three self-contained movies. First act is all like about grief and like really letting the failure settle in of what happened, right? And then act two is like zippy and fun. It's like the time heist and like the tone of it is like a really good meshing of very somber and like sad emotional moments like of reconciliation between characters, but also very fun. Like it has a really nice balance between the two. And then the third is all like cathartic finale. Movie opens on Hawkeye's family on the yes. farm. Yes, really good opening. Ryan, what'd you think? Um, I forgot that Linda Cardellini was his wife. <laughs> the range that woman has. Dead to me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love Dead to me. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's great. Ah, then you wouldn't eh. like it. <laughs> All right. Jeez, okay. <laughs> I did, though. All right. We're coming. We're hungry. Now let's go. Lala? Honey? Hey, babe! Babe! Boys! Boys! They disappear. Yeah. It's very sad. It, it really places it in like, oh yeah, this oh, is yeah. this is depressing what happened. In, yeah. It is, it, that is wonderfully executed. Yeah. It is very haunting. It just like, well, you already said it. It places you there for sure. It's not like they open up and they're like, well, everyone's gone. You know, like yeah. they don't open up five years later. They open up right when it happens. Yeah. You spend some time with Tony and Nebula on the ship where similarly, it's just so depressing as he's like facing probably death. Mm-hmm. Hey, Miss Ponce. If you find this recording, don't post it on social media. It's going to be a real tearjerker. I don't know if you're ever going to see these. I don't even know if you're still... Oh, God, I hope so. I should probably lie down for a minute. Rest my eyes. Please know... When I drift off, it'll be like every night lately. I'm fine, totally fine. I dream about you. you. We did discuss, no, you assumed it would maybe be his death. Oh yeah, I remember thinking he might die. This might, I, I remember walking in thinking they're not gonna kill Iron Man. They might kill Iron Man. <laughs> so I thought it was very plausible that he could have died in the beginning. 
yeah. for me. Well, see, I thought Iron Man and Captain America both were goners. And that maybe I'd be surprised and one of them wouldn't, or maybe both of them wouldn't, but I, I thought for sure I'm like, they're both gone. But I didn't think it would happen in that moment. Gotcha. That'd be wild if in like five yeah. minutes in they just... I knew it wasn't going to happen too. <laughs> no, like in that moment. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, same. same. Yeah, me too. So. Yeah, also yeah. Me. This is something I also really respect about like the caliber of actors they get in this movie. Like into these movies is they really deliver when they bring Tony back to the compound and he's just, they've digitally reduced him so he looks so frail. Yeah. And he is being so like manic and like aggressive Robert Downey Jr. is really, like, no one is sleeping through this. Like, they're all bringing, like, top performances to this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. There's a lot of allusions to Age of Ultron in the movie, too. Oh, go on. Like, in that conversation, he references the conversation they had where he's like, I saw this coming a few years back. I had a vision. I didn't want to believe it. Thought I was dreaming. Tony, I'm going to need you to focus. And I needed you. As in past tense. That trumps what you need. It's too late, buddy. You know what I need? I need to shave. And I believe I remember telling Tony oh, is Tony, Tony, alive and otherwise, that what we needed was a pseudo armor around the world. Remember that? Whether it impacted our precious freedoms or not, that's what we needed. Well, that didn't work out, did it? I said we'd lose. You said we'll do that together too. And guess what, Cap? We lost. And you weren't there. Because so I got nothing for you, Cap. I got no coordinates, no clues, no strategies, no options, zero, zip, nada. No trust. Liar. This is weirdly builds off a lot of Age of Ultron and Thor The Dark World, which are two movies that most people do not like in the Marvel hey canon. Now. I'm, a, I'm an Ultron fan. Yeah. And I'm, we stan Ultron. I'm okay with family. The Dark World, but most people think like those are bottom tier Marvel movies. I can't remember if I've seen that one. Thor? Yeah. Definitely not, I, I would imagine. Okay. I, I stand Ultron as well. You like Ultron? I, I love Ultron. That's he's, a good one. He's a terrifying villain. Oh, so oh, yeah. scary. He's so, in- he's so much more interesting than so many other villains they have too. He's like, yeah. such a and the weird, fact that he's creepy... Like, this robot spirit, like you don't even yeah. know what he is. Yeah. I look where he's <laughs> gonna true. show up next. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And he can like talk to the internet. It's it's terrifying. I know, yeah, thank you. Okay. Dark world, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty whatever. It's what it is. I think it's better than the first Thor. I think a lot of people disagree with me. But it's interesting that they like they really did like we're gonna validate some of these lesser Marvel movies in a way. Because there's some other key things too that reference like back to Age of Ultron, like Tony's vision of Captain America's shield being broken. Or like, can anyone lift up the hammer? There's like all these key things that are like, wow, these are really... In fact, we watched all of Age of Ultron before Endgame, and I was glad we did because I think some of those things landed because of that. Like the whole hammer scene wouldn't have really done anything for you if you hadn't had all that build up from Age of Ultron. That's that's probably where I felt the most uh, satisfaction Mm -hmm. is when he grabs the hammer. If I've done some cardio at the gym, but I want to do like a, one more three minute just sprint, I will pull up on Disney Plus that scene from basically hammer lift to portal showing up. I just wow. power, I power through it. I suggest everyone uh, give it a, give it a chance. Ryan's like I also do that. I'm like that. this is weird, but no, he grabs that hammer and it's just it's chills. The way that he like uh, uh, you know like uh, I know that doesn't translate to. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I could have done audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> but the way that he just like grabs the hammer and 
You know? You it, guys know. It is one of the best moments in the movie, and definitely a moment I never knew I wanted or needed. Right. He that that is an element from the comic books of him wielding Mjolnir. That's the name of the hammer. Did you know that? I did. If someone would have told me, like, you know, Captain America uses Thor's hammer, <laughs> I'd be like, no, oh, cool. Interesting, I guess. Why? <laughs> but like, man, that moment is Question, incredible. Yeah. What about the axe? That's not the same. That's so it's just it's not Thor's tools. It's just his hammer. The hammer has something specific where it's like it's like tied to his goodness. It's yeah. conditional. That's what I I know. Yeah. But the like axe, the axe is just made cuz he needs a weapon. The axe is made by the same person who made the hammer. Yeah. So it has those elements cuz Captain America uses that axe too. More oh, like, cuz cuz Thanos picks it up too and he tries to kill Thor with it. Yeah. I think that one's just powerful, but like the there's a conditionality to the Mjolnir. Of like you have to be worthy to pick this up. Got it. That is good though. The part that you did for us was when he throws it and whips back and he just catches it. And he's got the the shield as well. The surge of adrenaline in the theater, and then he just kicks the shit out of Thanos for yeah. like and we thirty finally seconds get straight. Some like some inches on Thanos. Yeah. When he throws the shield and Thanos beats it past him and then he throws the hammer and bounces back and there's so many like great like combo moves he pulls off. Well, Captain America, isn't his thing like angles? Yes. <laughs> Power. <laughs> he's the best at him. Yeah, he's really he's good at him. But he uses angles to do all that. <laughs> yeah. He's just tearing him up. It's so good. And then Thanos destroys the shield. That's something that happens in the Gauntlet comic book too. Okay. Um, Captain Marvel shows up early on in the movie. They filmed this technically simultaneously with Captain Marvel. So it was her first day of filming, so she didn't really even really know what kind of like... She didn't know any of the Avengers. She hadn't filmed any of her movies. You know what? It feels like that, actually. I thought the the tee-up of Captain Marvel would be like she would have a huge role to play in this movie. And she's so powerful, they, they're kind of like, let's get her out because it removes tension if someone that powerful is there in the entire movie. Honestly, because... Kind of watching her, you're like, she doesn't need anyone to help her. She can take care of this. She could have gone back in time and got all of the stones by herself. <laughs> so so it's good that she's on other planets doing other things. I know. Movie. I like, yeah, I even like, it's kind of sloppy, but when she's like, I'm going to be off world for a while, like when they're doing their conference call. <laughs> their Zoom meeting. <laughs> oh, that one hits oh, home geez, right now. It's a little too real. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way about Civil War, where I'm like, this isn't making any sense. This is really like sweaty, the way that they're like, getting from like, the logistics of point A to point B, but you kind of just don't care because you just want the emotional through line to work. I've had so many stupid, long, detailed conversations about the time travel in this movie with my coworkers. <laughs> it is inconsistent. It doesn't make sense. They break their own rules like four or five times, okay? It doesn't matter though because it is, it's the perfect narrative device internally in the story. You're able to have characters receive closure in a way you wouldn't have been able to. And externally to the audience, they're able just to revisit the hits in like a very meta way where it's like, you know what? This is like the last movie. Let's do a victory lap. Let's like remind you of where we came from and show you these scenes from all these other movies you know. It's kind of a weird flex of them to be like, other things, like Stranger Things is very referential to the 80s. We're going to, we're going to reference ourselves. That's how like monumental we are in the culture. And you're all going to love it. And we did. That element is such a fun idea. It is. It, it, it works perfectly. It, it's, a, it's a greatest hit. It, in a way, it's like the same concept of like why we love slideshows or like 
Like yeah. seeing things that are familiar. <laughs> the thing that really sets this movie into motion is uh, a rat steps on some buttons in a van and pops Ant-Man out. Yeah. Oh, true. That's also really sad when he sees his daughter. It's been five years. It's such a goofy thing, like what this is trying to like, what we're supposed to buy that like people disappear for five years and come back. But they play it so straight that but somehow it's when Peter sees his friend at school. Oh, that gosh. is one of the most emotional parts of the entire movie. What's that kid's name? Uh, Ned. It's like goofy five year gap, but Ned. I think it works just because like you really care about these characters and they're playing it so well. Like they've really got some really good people to like have a range of emotions. I think it's interesting too that um, I was thinking about this. They don't. It's not like the blip. Ha- well, when do they start calling it the blip? That's mostly in Far From Home. Okay, yeah, the blip happens. Or the snapping for that. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> I like that they didn't make it like nobody really, like, I don't know how to explain this, but like in some movies, like time travel or like weird stuff like that, they make it so that like people don't know that it happened. But like everyone who was still around for the blip knows what happened it's not like they were just like it's not like they reverse everything and everyone just forgets yeah and i like that far from home and i think they've said that like other movies and like tv series going past this like this will be something that changed the world and like they won't just kind of be like not reference this ever again does that kind of feel timely (laughs) oh maybe it was timely watching this. <laughs> what What was the part that we were all like... It was probably when Paul Rudd was walking, when he first shows up and he's kind of walking around, he's like, no one's around. Scott stops a kid and he's like, what happened? <laughs> Can you imagine somebody being like, why are like businesses closed? Why are you wearing a mask? Where's AMC? <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss something? Did AMC like go out of business or something? They're like teetering. They're, they're close. They're, yeah, they're... Ah! they're in that's a... where we have our passes. That's our, fav- that's our favorite one, I know. That's... I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Tenet's supposed to come out in a month. Who knows? It's going to save the world. Christopher Nolan, you son of a bitch. You've (laughs) done it again. (laughs) I also just like, five years later, it's just fun to like show dramatically how much people have changed and how like the trauma of what happened. This is like why it really lets you sit in the failure. Some people are like looking for purpose, like Black Widow, Captain America to some extent. Some people have really found it like Iron Man has moved on. He has like a life and a Mm -hmm. daughter. Thor just gone into like a complete spiral. Hulk has accepted himself and... He's like the one who's actually like had like a positive transformation from it. Clint is Clint's an assassin, basically. Yeah, which, I mean... Also, his haircut. I love his haircut. Are you kidding Get me? No, I... What? It is so distracting. I love it. The, I the skunk, love it. The skunk mohawk? Yeah. There's this part of me that just makes it... I'm like, oh, this is just now trapped in 2019. Yeah, well, that's true, but I... <laughs> I don't even think it works narratively. Let me explain. Because he has an old man face. That doesn't help. (laughs) Clint Barton has lost all of his family. It's like what a teenager would be like, yeah, if I lost my family, I would get tattoos and like cut my hair into like a skunk hawk. But like, if that person really was like on the edge and they're like, I don't care about anything. I'm just going to go on a rampage. Wouldn't you just like shave all your hair? Or maybe you'd like Bucky, like... Winter yeah. Soldier. Just let it, like, he looks like he's trying way too hard to be a hard ass. Just so edgy. I like, lo- oh, I look love at it. these tattoos. That's how you know, like, I've gone off the deep end. I'm pretty <laughs> tough now. Don't cross me. I put a lot of effort into my hair. That's definitely someone who doesn't care about things anymore. Yeah, he was definitely getting regular haircuts. That's really <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that demands a lot of upkeep. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting that every, at least every three to four weeks. 
I looked up some facts about the Thor prosthetic. One of the best reveals and like shocks in the movie. And that he remained so for through the entire, the entire movie. thing. Even when he lightnings, he just gets a bigger armor. Well, you also like how like his beard and stuff is like braided together, looks very like Nordic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he underwent three hours of hair and makeup for the transformation every day. That's how long Whoa. it took to like get all that Whoa. in. The prosthetic belly was made of silicon and latex and weighed around 88 pounds. <laughs> was carefully detailed to match the hairs and moles on his body. <laughs> uh, and he was the one who successfully argued that Thor remain overweight for the whole movie. That's great. He is amazing in this movie. Yeah. What they have done with that character over the last couple of his appearances is just, man. Yeah. It's so good. He is so funny. He just like gets better. His whole, when he has to give his presentation on the ether. <laughs> Uh, where to start? Um, the ether, <clears throat> firstly, is not a stone. Someone's called it a stone before. Um, it's more of a kind of an angry sludge sort of a thing. So someone's going to need to amend that and stop saying that. Here's an interesting story, though, about the ether. My grandfather, many years ago, had to hide the stone from the dark elves. Ooh, <laughs> scary being so Jane. Actually, oh, there she is. Yeah, she, Jane was, uh, was, a, was an old flame of mine. Uh, you know, she she stuck her hand inside a rock this one time, and and then the ether stuck itself inside her, and she became very very sick. And so I had to take her to Asgard, which is where I'm from, and uh, we had to try and fix her. We, we were dating at the time, you see, and I got to I got to introduce her to my my mother. She was dead, and. Um, Oh, you know, Jane and I aren't even dating anymore, so... As these things happen, though, you know, nothing lasts forever. The only thing that... Why don't you come see I'm not done yet. The only thing that is permanent in life is impermanence. <laughs> awesome. Eggs? Breakfast? No. I'd like a Bloody Mary. Tony Stark has a daughter. Oh, the cutest damn daughter I've ever seen. Apparently the I Love 3000 line came from one of his own kids. Love you tons. I love you, 3,000. Oh, That's adorable. I didn't know he had kids. I also like that the dynamic in his relationship with Peter Parker, him being like, guys, like, I don't want any part of this. Um, I think that's like, I miss you guys. I'm like, we're still in good terms, but like, I don't want to be any part of this like time heist you're trying to have. Him looking at the picture of him with Peter Parker, not only like emotionally motivates him to be like, I need to like, we need to try this to bring these people back. But in the photo, Peter is holding his diploma upside down, which gives him the idea to invert, like whatever formula he was working oh, on. That's why he shit. looks at it and he's like, huh. And then it cuts to him, he's like, let's invert this and just see what happens. Oh, because I did notice that this time that it is upside down. I didn't notice that. I certainly did not. I love that. That's good writing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the emotionally and like logically in the movie, that's what propels like the story forward. Yeah, and if you're paying attention. He uh, lets Pepper Potts know while she is reading a book on compost. And is anything more Gwyneth Paltrow? No. The fact that Gwyneth Paltrow is in these movies, sometimes I have to like zoom out and... Really? She's a different... She's a she's pe she's not Gwyneth Paltrow, she's Pepper Potts. She's Pepper Potts. She is someone like... Gwyneth. In that, in that scene with her at the end, with Tony, she's acting. Yeah. She is also not phoning it in. No, she, yeah. she's, 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 she's at a 10. It's crazy. She's not just taking a paycheck, which... Sometimes I, she does. I, sure. <laughs> I do remember thinking my first time watching this, though, oh, she's not going to be in this. Because when the when they come to visit Tony, it's just him and the daughter for the first like that whole visit. Well, yeah, and you're like, huh? 
Gwyneth's not here. Well, and there's a lot of characters that the marketing didn't reveal much, so you don't actually really know who has not snapped and who stayed. Yeah. So when Captain Marvel brings Tony back to the Avengers compound, the camera moves over and then it reveals Pepper. So you're like, oh, she is alive. No, you don't know. Yeah. He doesn't know either. No. I love that they did that, though. What? That they kept her because it makes him, like, his stakes suddenly go up. They're so high. He, he yeah. ha- like, if he does this, he's risking. And there's that part where she's like, we got so lucky. Like, I don't, I don't, she doesn't really say, like, don't do it, don't go, don't invest. She says, like, will you sleep or whatever she says. Oh, yeah. Well, she's like, we got really lucky. Yeah. I know. A lot of people didn't. No, I can't help everybody. It sort of seems like you can. Not if I stop. Something tells me I should put it in a lockbox and drop it to the bottom of the lake. Go to bed. But would you be able to rest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's like... She's kind of like giving him permission to do it. Yeah, but you know that like... There's so much at stake if he goes because they. It's not. It's not just like he's losing. Like he has the potential to lose his family. It's like he already had the potential to lose his family, and now he's like jeopardizing he, that even he further. He barely didn't. It was like luck. It literally was. And when he finally shows up, he's like, "We got a shot at getting these stones, but I gotta tell you my priorities. Bring back what we lost. I hope yes. Keep what I found. Have to at all costs. And maybe not die trying." Would be nice. Yeah. That scene where he drives up and gives Steve the shield. I also love that. I know there are some people who think that that, that reconciliation isn't like isn't good enough for like their falling apart in civil war. But I actually really. I have something to say. Okay. <laughs> I raised my hand. Um, if you have that kind of a like fallout with your friend, you really don't have. And you like reconcile later. You really don't have. I mean, like that's really realistic. I think. Well, I think. Think about it, it's been, when he drives up, it's been like seven to 10 years, yeah. okay? Also something very traumatic has happened that has probably puts a lot of their disagreements into perspective. Just so much time has passed that when he, it feels realistic that he's like, look, he says a line like, I just want peace. It turns out resentment is corrosive and I hate it. Me too. And that's when they're like, let's put this behind that's us. That's what I mean. It, it doesn't need to be like this huge emotional thing because that's yeah. not really how life works. Like, well, I feel like you get that in the beginning of the movie when he when he's like worn down and like almost dead and he like freaks out at Steve. Yeah. I feel like that's the moment of him like having that like, where were you? I'm so, I'm still so traumatized by what happened. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think Thanos would have come back or when do you he... think he was truly done? Like if they wouldn't have gone back and done the time heist... There's something so funny to me, too, about saying doing a heist. (laughs) When they do the time heist, if they wouldn't have done that, do you think Thanos would have eventually come back to Earth and tried to... Well, no, because the only way he was able to was because of their time-traveling abilities. Thanos in 2023, which is when the movie's mostly set, is dead. And I do like that even when 2014 Thanos sees himself being, like, decapitated, he's like, well, I did it. He's like, that's fine. He's like, I'm fine with that. That's destiny fulfilled. Mm, I was like, man, you're crazy. (laughs) That's, I think, what makes him such a good villain because he's he has purpose. He's not just like I'm gonna I'm gonna mess things up. He does have like a weird inflated like sense of like a messianic complex, but he's for real. Like he's like, yeah, I uh, I blew up the stones and I'm content to live my life picking my fruit and making my stew. 
in my like but that's hunt. what i mean would it would he have like come back if they wouldn't have gone to kill him would he have come back um no he would have just lived on that farm until he died mm. uh, yeah yeah that is what makes him so interesting what would you say is like your favorite act of the movie i would imagine yours would be the time heist time heist yeah mine's i mean the ending is just beautiful but the time heist is so so the time fun. heist is so fun the part where um, they're on the planet that Quill is on. But that part is so fun. They're just watching him be like, this this guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really fun part of the time heist. When they go in to like grab the orb, uh, Rhodey is like, whoa, whoa. Oh. He's like, this is like, there's definitely booby traps here. And Nebula just with her robot arm. I got this. I would say that's my the least interesting of the pairs on the yeah. time heist. Because you're, you're not super attached to either of them. No. no it's important, like, like story-wise, because, but, like, that's the one where I check out the most and kind of just want to get back to a different one. But, like, there's just these emotional moments. Thor and his mom. Oh, that's my favorite one. That was, I, I don't know what to say about it. It was so, she, it was so emotional this time, specifically, for some reason. Because it, do you know what it felt like? It felt like when you have a dream about someone who's died and they come back in a dream, but everything... Like, this has happened to me several times with, like, people that I love where where everything is the same and I'm in my bedroom. It's not even like I'm in a weird spot. And they, like, talk to you like everyone knows what's going They're on. They're aware, too, that, like... Yeah. I'm, it felt I'm like, going. Yeah, it yeah. felt, like, so real and it's, like relatable because she knows what's going on kind of, I mean she doesn't know what's going on but she does and she can like intuit like something bad's gonna happen today or to me soon mm-hmm. yeah that scene and Tony like his reconciliation with his dad those are such like that's just purely like like everyone can relate yeah. to like Every, you, everyone's been Thor everyone's been having a hard time and wanted to talk to their mom yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, and he's just so broken and... It's really beautiful advice that she gives him, too. Now, you're no idiot. You're here, aren't you? Seeking counsel from the wisest person in Asgard. Yeah, yes. Idiot now. A failure? Absolutely. It's a little bit harsh. Do you know what that makes you? Just like everyone else. I'm not supposed to be like everyone else, am I? Mm. Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be for. The measure of a person, of a a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. And then I love Tony, like, who's had all these weird daddy issues for this whole series. (laughs) Finally, like, being able to, like, that's what I love, like, the the symmetry with the Civil War scene where he, like, in that that flashback in Civil War, like, he's like, I love you, Dan, and I know you did the best you could. That's how I wish it happened. Yeah. And he finally got that. (sighs) My old man, he never met a problem he couldn't solve with a belt. I thought my dad was tough on me, and now, looking back on it, I just remember the good stuff. You know, he did drop the odd pearl. Yeah? Like what? No amount of money ever bought a second of time. Smart guy. Did his best. I'll tell you, that kid's not even here yet, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. It's silly because the only way for those things to happen is like a silly time travel movie. <laughs> but those are like true, genuine emotions. Like, isn't that such a beautiful thing? Like, that is, that's just a beautiful thing to be able to like have closure with people or like talk to people that you would never get to ever again. And yeah. I love that we spend the most time with Thor and with um, Tony, even yeah. though, you know, we got to spend some time with 
Hulk and Tilda, and then we also have to spend some time with Ant-Man, but it's it's those two that we want to see. They really let the movie breathe, too. Like, this one, Infinity War is trying to do so many things, it kind of just jumps, 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 doesn't really stop, kind of like feels a little rushed. But this one, like, it's three hours. To me, it really doesn't ever feel like what three hours should feel like in a movie. There's not, honestly, until like the very end action sequence, there's like, it's all character work. Yeah. And that's amazing that like a superhero movie is so like, so fantastic, despite the things that, like the trappings that people you think would have to be in a superhero movie. Also, Captain America seeing Peggy in the window <sighs> is very uh, heartbreaking and sort of relatable in a weird way. It is. That part, this sweet man, I just want him to be like happy. He deserves all of the happiness. And, and he's the only one who doesn't get it for ever. ever. Uh, literally until the last I know. five minutes of the last movie. And ten minutes before, he's like, yeah, that's America's ass. <laughs> I love that. That The way they like riff on those scenes, the history of like the Captain America movies, the subversion of getting in like a very similar elevator with the same people that he had a brawl with in Winter Soldier. Like watching him adapt and just be like that whole thing of like, Hail Hydra. (laughs) So, so good. And then I just love when he like fights himself. He's like, I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like those movies took themselves kind of serious. And they're like, okay, you don't have to be that serious. I have a quote from one of the screenwriters where he talked about how this like concludes Steve's and Tony's arcs this way and how they never had any intention of ever killing Steve because they're like, Steve is selfless and is willing to die for the cause. So that should never be what his arc is. The quote is, for Steve to be his best self, he was going to have to get a life. And for Tony to be his best self, he might have to lose his. They both start out, Steve is very selfless. He's always like, I'm going to always surrender my own wants and desires for like the greater good. And Tony started so self-interested and they've completely swapped where Tony gave like the ultimate sacrifice of his life to save everyone. And Steve would achieve enlightened Mm self-interest where finally he would be able to have a bit of his own life. And like that would be his reward for what he went through. I feel like you are much more emotionally invested in Black Widow specifically. Yeah. Black Widow and Scarlet Witch really get me. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, I'll talk about it. (laughs) Just like knowing what's going to have to happen. And even the first time you see it, you know, I mean, because you've seen Infinity War. So you know, like, what's coming. It's so emotional. (laughs) Who decides that they're the ones to get the Soul Stone? I think it just kind of breaks out that way because... Nebula doesn't know that Gamora had to die to get it. She just knows that Thanos murdered Gamora there. So no one knows that that is what has to happen. Okay. It didn't really click in my head till they showed up. I'm like, someone's going to have to die here. I didn't didn't think it would be Black Widow because she had a solo movie. At this point, I didn't know that the solo movie... Was a prequel? Yeah. If Clint dies, that makes sense because he's really gone far, but then that kind of ruins his arc of like, I've got to get my family back. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And they even kind of went back and forth with the screenwriters of like, I think originally it was going to be Hawkeye that died. I thought it was going to be him. But it's interesting that it's her. Because he, ha- he did have things to atone for, which makes sense that it would be him. But she, I, I, I like that it was her. I mean, it sucks. It's so sad. But I like, like you were talking about, like the character arc of her being like, I've been looking for something, like a cause to like, I need to do this. 
I used to have nothing. And then I got this. This job. This family. And I was always better because of it. And even though they're gone, I'm still trying to be better. Mingo. No. Please, no. It's really sad and then he just they all pop back up and he just like hits the ground they did that well we did it guys yeah and they all, all realized psyched. what happened yeah it's it's wild if you could have told me 10 years ago that i was gonna care this much about black widow this like sexy dance fighter that was nick fury's like attack dog <laughs> or that i would be like oh I'm moved by the Hulk's reaction. <laughs> not, not Bruce Banner. The Hulk's. Yeah. <laughs> this whole section of the movie, it balances those tones that should clash. It just does it so well. It's so effortless, it seems. It's amazing that they were able to pull it off. And I love that like that motivates them to be like, we have to like this has to we have to do this to like make her death mean something. Right. And I do like that the Hulk is the one to be like, I have to do this. Cause I think that kind of it also kind of is like a throwback to a conversation between Banner and Stark in the first Avengers when Tony's like, I read all about your accident. That much gamma exposure should have killed you. So you're saying that the Hulk, the other guy, saved my life? That's nice. It's a nice sentiment. Saved it for what? I guess we'll find out. Which one's that in? That's in the first Avengers. Oh. And so I like that idea that when the Hulk's like... Lightning won't help you, pal. It's gotta be me. You saw what those stones did to Thanos? They almost killed them. None of you could survive. How do we know you will? We don't. But the radiation's mostly gamma. It's like... Uh, I was made for this. Like, obviously the Hulk character has existed for decades. But, like, it's almost like they built that character with this end in mind that, like, he would be the the only one of all of them to be able to, like, pull this off and survive. Interesting. He snaps. His Just, fingers are so big. How, do they, how does he snap? Earlier when they're doing, like, the time-high stuff, he's, like, using pencils to, like, push buttons. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. He looks great, man. He looks he sexy looks... Hulk. He's, like, kind of he's hot, dabbing. but it's... He's wearing sweaters. Yeah, You're he unsure right of likes it. the sweaters. He's, like, enlightened. He gives Ant-Man two of his tacos. <laughs> that part's great. <laughs> Ant-Man also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just when, when he, like, dabs for the kids, he's like, Dab. Bruce. Listen to your mom. She knows better. About what you were saying. Ant-Man <laughs> in this one is just trying to just like figure it all out like you know what I'm saying he, well he is still like these people are still celebrities to yeah. me like I'm like the guy that's like I oh, wow oh. Captain America oh my gosh <laughs> he's like he's talking to the kids do you want to grab one with me 
I'm Ant Man. They're Hulk fans. Wait, they don't know no, Ant Man. No, oh, he nobody feels bad. does. Nobody does. No, he wants you. I he don't want to take a picture with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, sure? he's even saying no, he doesn't. I but get come it. Come on, the kid. I don't want it but, either. But you, I don't want a picture with him. But he's going to feel bad. Sorry. They're happy kids. They said they'll do it. I don't want to do it. No, you feel bad. Take the goddamn phone. So good. I who did they have anyone else maybe for Ant Man? No, uh, he was cast even when Edgar Wright was attached when they were getting ready to direct. Like he's perfect. I actually think Joseph Gordon-Levitt was rumored, but I mean it's it's Paul Rudd. That that guy is just pulls. He's just so amazing. I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten. All I remembered was the crying. I'd forgotten the laughs. Really cleverly written. Yeah, it is. They they worked really hard on this. They all did their best. Good job. Good job, team. Um, there was like, good work. at the end, before we acknowledged each other, for a minute, I had so many tears in my eyes that hadn't fallen yet. And I was like, do I need to go take a minute? Like, do I need to go to the bathroom for a second? And just like, I honestly felt like just crying. Not like tears, but like just crying because it was yeah. so good. No. This is how it was in the theater. I remember like going back and forth between like things that were like emotionally like, that's so beautiful. This is so sad. Or the portals part of the movie is so overwhelming. Yeah. That I was just sobbing and like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. Yeah. And that this is happening. It's so satisfying because you've just come from, oh, they did it. They did it. And then they didn't. Thanos' ship shows up overhead and just blows blows up everything. Yeah. They're, They're all roadies out of his... His suit, rockets trying to save him. He's, he's a tiny just, raccoon. He's just a raccoon just drenched. <laughs> and then it gets kind of scary. Well, when like the, the dog, outriders the are chasing Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate those. Yeah. Then they realize Thanos is there. And then I love when Thor puts out both arms. His tools come. His tools come. His braids happen. He's yeah. ready to fight. His and his, his voice lowers. He's been ta- His voice is kind of high, jokey, throughout the entire movie. And I don't remember what he, what does he say? Let's kill him properly this time. You know, he, he is like specifically the trauma of him. Like, it's almost like his, his hubris, like, cause like he jabbed Thanos in Infinity War and instead of like finishing the job, he's like trash talks him. He's like, I told you I'd kill you basically. And then like him, like wasting time is what like caused the snap to happen. So like, I'm sure him seeing Thanos is like, I get to like make up for this. Right. And then they just, they kind of like start to kind of beat the crap out of him. But he still is so strong that they just get like thrashed around. I'd almost forgotten entirely that the snap had happened and everyone else should be back at this point. Yeah, you don't remember. You're so focused on what's happening. Yeah. And then like the jubilation of like Captain America lifting the hammer. And then like when he's cutting down on the shield and you're like, uh, stop. Because I feel like at this point they've accomplished the goal of the movie. So anyone really is expendable. Right? Yeah. Narratively. So I'm like, at any moment, someone could really die. Like, right until the second it happens, I just forgot that, like, obviously all the heroes are going to show up. Did you forget or did you not know? No, I, I figured I figured this movie at some point, they would reverse it and every hero would be back and have a big finale. Okay. So, I so knew, you, you knew it was coming. I knew at some point it was going to happen. But, like, until the moment when he's walking forward and just, like, the music cuts out and you're like... Captain Sam. On your left. Do you remember that just like everyone in the theater, just like this score is so angelic mm-hmm. and triumphant. 
It's incredible. Great to run to. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Black Panther comes out and just the look of relief on Captain America's face is so like just heartwarming. You're like, because that, that they, they've been working so hard. And he would just be like, it's over. Well, he's, uh, like, it's over he, again. he's like, I'm going to die, but like, I'm not going to stop until I'm actually dead. It's just right. me against this army. And then seeing everyone, he's like, oh. that shot, like Falcon flies out and then it's just the wide shot, all the portals. I was just overwhelmed by like the emotion of what I was seeing. And Spider-Man flying that in. That probably got the, the biggest cheers in my theater was Spider-Man. Spider people love Spider-Man. Oh, they really do. Yeah. The one that really like always is almost forget that they're going to show up until they do is Scarlet Witch. Yes, I was just going to say that. That it, part gave me chills. It wasn't until this recent rewatch with you that I've really got invested in her as much as I have. I think her confrontation with Thanos is she's the one that finally chilling. She she does a little damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's she, like she makes him panic. And she's so pissed. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. You will. She's yeah. so pissed. I actually sat by some kind of annoying people in the theaters. I, I remember this when she shows up. This some like annoying couple next to us was like, oh, oh, she mad. Something stupid like that. Uh, These are the annoying like midnight people you deal with, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a few people that show up and you're like, okay, really, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> Bucky, you got a gun. Black Panther sister, you got armed guns. Sure. <laughs> Rocket. Rocket's got stuff. Rocket. It's the Groot. What is Groot? I am the most confused by Groot. Oh. I don't know that I will ever He's a tree. Guardians of the Galaxy, you'll love him. He is very strong. He can like grow he... his trees to like... And like he really beats around people. Well, he didn't do that. He didn't do any of that. He did. He's like in the background. They just don't really focus on him. Well, you much. just assume he did that. The girl with the antennas. Did. Yeah. All, everyone in Guardians is like, what are you going to do? There's, uh, there's <laughs> one... What, what's his name? Drax? There's yeah. one part just where he like... jumps in. He's like... <laughs> just like chopping at some guy. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like... It's not so you watch this scene over and over where you see like little people in the background. There's one part in in the background, Mantis is like on a guy like knocking him out because oh, nice. she uses like her powers to like sleep people. I would want that power. <laughs> That's the most worthless in this well, kind of world. So, well, I don't, I'm not in that world. I would just want it in this world. I'd want to like make myself fall asleep and have like nice restful I mean? sleeps. Yeah. Okay. Along this sort of same line, when Captain Marvel finally gets the football, she gets the the stones. Yeah. She could handle it. <laughs> but then all the girls show up, they're like, we've got you. Do you how do you feel about that moment? Because I know some people really like hate the girl moment. No, it's fine. But in reality, know. I'm like, Captain Marvel doesn't need anyone's help. Yeah. I think that's what that's what bothers me more. Not the fact that it's this this girl moment. She was gone the whole movie because she could have fixed this. I know what you mean. Sometimes I feel like Captain Marvel is overacting in an Olivia Pope way. Sure. Like when she shows up to Spider-Man and she's like, Hey, Peter Parker. You got something for me? Yeah. It's just like, all right. Can I give you two maybe potential reasons? Yeah. One, she's overpowered, so there's not a lot of like tension when you see her. Okay. Two, at this point, Captain Marvel's character has not been developed in any way. In her own movie, she's like amnesiac. So it's not for her like fault. a third. Yeah. Like she doesn't have an established character other than I guess she's powerful. But like she's I don't really powerful. know what I don't know what as an actress you really do with that. And she's like yeah, chill but that's mad. Fair. Yeah, trying a bit too hard hey to be cool. Hey, Peter Parker. I ho hopefully they'll be doing something more. <laughs> so annoying. Oh, I don't mind it because uh, it's kind of casual in this like very stressful moment. That's what I mean. I'm just like, but I, mean, I, don't I know. guess she's with, powerful. You'd be that. You'd be that kind of confident of like whatever. But, and it kind of matches Peter, who's always it does. Like, kind it's of like, casual. Hey, I'm Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah. Yeah. This whole sequence actually has so many little fun callbacks. Tony hugging Peter. There's a bit in Homecoming where like Peter goes to hug him. He's like, "It's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you." 
We're not, we're not there yet. Hey! Oh. Holy cow! You will not believe what's been going on. Do you remember when we were in space? And I got all dusty, and I must have passed out because I woke up and you were gone, but Dr. Strange was there, right? And he was like, it's been five years, come on, they need us. And then he started doing the yellow sparkly thing that he does all the time. What are you doing? Oh, this is nice. Black Panther calls Clint, Clint. Clint! Give it to me. Which is a reference to Civil War, when Clint's like, We haven't met yet. I'm Clint. I don't care. In Ant-Man and the Wasp, Wasp makes fun of Ant-Man for calling Captain America Cap. They just showed up. They said that it was a matter of national security, that Cap needed help. So. Cap? Captain America, Captain Cap. It's, it's what we call him. If you're a friend, I'm not saying I'm a friend, oh, a little, I know him, he's not, whatever. And then when Captain America tells them to be like, get to the van, she's like, we're on it, Cap. And then look at <laughs> each other. I did notice that. That makes sense that it was kind of like a little bit, like a little nod. Oh, and then Captain America calling Spider-Man Queens. You got hard, kid. Where are you from? Queens. Brooklyn. Help, somebody help! Hey, Queens. Heads up. This is really rewarding if you've really given it as much of your life as I have given over to <laughs> my lords at Marvel. <laughs> the other part, though, in like the portals where like Doctor Strange is like, is that everyone? One is like, you wanted more? And then giant man rips open out of the compound. Holy shit! And when they're all running at the army and he just decks one of the big squid things out of the air, it is it. so, so awesome. Yeah. It is so awesome. Um, and the, the uh, what are those called? The magic stranger, doc the, stra the doctor. Oh, like the Sor sorcerers? sorcerers? Yeah. I <laughs> The magic doctors. The straight. magic Mr. Strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They create the umbrellas. They're just like... <laughs> <laughs> they just... Hands go up. <laughs> also, they... <they're... laughs> so funny to me. They, they're they... just like, oh, we're oh, trained for this. Oh, we got this. <laughs> we're <laughs> trained for this. <laughs> also, they kind of just like sideline Doctor Strange for a while. He's like, I guess we'll just hold this like tidal wave for like 10 minutes while He's the fights. only one that could. Yeah, and I think, is it Pepper Pop? Is it Pepper when she's coming over? She's like, uh, is anyone else seeing this? She's like, I'm <laughs> Yes, Queen Paltrow, everyone sees that. That's like, funny. Has everyone seen this? Shut up, Gwyneth. <laughs> also, something I didn't notice last time, I really didn't know who Valkyrie was. When oh, yeah. she slices open those big, oh, yeah. stupid thing, slugs, uh -huh, uh -huh. air slugs. That was pretty awesome, and I hate those things. I want to tell you this, too. A writ in one of the early drafts of the script, Thanos, when he shows up, the 2014 Thanos, he has already killed the Avengers in his own timeline, and when he shows up, he has Captain America's decapitated head. Holy and, shit. And, like, throws it in front of them to, like, intimidate them. Ooh. They took that out. That would have been, that would have been crazy. They wouldn't have done that, though, right? Well, I don't know. They decapitated him. I do feel like watching watching Thanos fight with the Avengers is a different kind of... What am I trying to say here? It's not... Well, we've it's, been talking for episodes about how they faced this, like, faceless army for so long. And that's yeah. the... Like, Thanos is the antithesis of that. I mean, they still face kind of faceless. He's also... Quotes. He's scary, too. We talked about yeah. that in Infinity War, that, like, this guy is... Like someone big and like imposing like, like that. Like the stakes just. They're... He's scary, and I feel like there's part of him that could have just killed them right off. Like, 
when when all three of them are first fighting, I'm like, he doesn't have to hit them so far away. Couldn't he have just killed them? See, I I think that, but I also, I I thought about that, but I also, he doesn't have the stones. So it's, he's like so powerful in Infinity War because he has the stones, right? True. So he's not, he like has to be brought down a notch. Anyway, that's what I learned. My major in the Avengers. <laughs> they trained for this. In your course. <laughs> yeah, in my, my Avengers course. Climax of the fight. It, it's actually weird that like, even though I knew everything's going to work out in this movie, right? There is some tension of like, what if he really, Thanos really did just get the glove back? They went through all this effort for yeah. nothing. You know what I mean? There really is like, just Because we had just been burned in Infinity War. <laughs> I know, and he almost, he has the glove on that Iron Man is able to, to be able to switcheroo. Mm-hmm. And I... I think I maybe cried the most at that part. Originally, he, they didn't have Tony Stark saying anything. He just snaps. And then three months before the release of the movie, they were like, he should say something. Mm-hmm. They had to kind of pitch Robert Downey Jr. on saying, I am Iron Man again. Because he was like, is that too cheesy? Is that like too referential, like of a callback? And so they went and like filmed that like three months before the release of the movie. Oh. It was technically the last thing shot for the movie too. And it was shot at Rayleigh Studios on a stage that was adjacent to a stage that Robert Downey Jr. screen tested for the role of Tony Stark 12 years earlier. Whoa. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I always wonder if some of the textures bother you. Like yeah, with his do. face all... Yeah, I don't like that. But is it is, is like the emotion of it over like, how are you able to like be fine watching it? I don't know. I just did. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I... I just grew up. Like, wow. I I wondered if it's like, I just try not to focus on it. Or if it's like... Yeah, I focus on the emotion. It's very big of you. Thank you. There was a cutscene of, because whenever someone uses the stones, they're supposed to go to like this other world for a second. Like in Infinity War, Thanos sees baby, like young Gamora, talks to her for a second. So they originally were like, Hulk, when he uses it, was supposed to have a conversation between Bruce Banner and Hulk. But they thought it like slowed down the pace. I would agree with that. And Tony, they shot this actually. He has a conversation with... A grown-up Morgan. Oh, I would have liked that. There's, it's a deleted scene. They have it. Have but you seen it? I haven't actually. We just watch it. Yeah. But they cut the same thing. They they felt like it just kind of removed the pacing. I think they it like confused um, test audiences. Okay. Because they weren't really sure. Like I don't really understand. Like that's Morgan. Yeah. That, that's fair. This is a criticism people have of Return of the King is that they're like it never ends. It keeps going. I mean, this doesn't go as long as like a resolution as Return of the King. But I like that it gives time for each of the characters you care about to kind of have like a moment to end i like that it lets them breathe like you spend time at the funeral you spend you have a moment with clint and wanda i love that part i love their relationship it's so interesting i know you have like thor you have like an entire like comedy scene with thor and the guardians (laughs) which like i don't know i think that there's gonna be some kind of crossover with the two of them going on well like because you're kind of like what well, what is there for yeah, thor to do where's everyone now? going you hear him call them the asgardians oh. of the galaxy <laughs> yeah. i i do remember return of the king and just oh my gosh oh my gosh oh i i like that about it oh. i like because i want because i i'm so invested in those characters i spent like 13 hours with them i want to see like i want i, I get it but i don't feel like that in this. No, no, no. This is... But I, I can... I like that they, they didn't rush through anything. They're like, we need... Like, this is a send-off. We're going to take our time. Tony's funeral 
the cast was told that it was a wedding scene to throw off. Oh, so there would be no leaks like that. This is a funeral. I love that that, that we like we have to have this game with our actors and our stories. I know it's just like <laughs> and like the paparazzi and people just like looking for any kind of scrap of information. In fact, Robert Downey Jr. is the only one who has actually shown the entire script for the movie. Um, it was also referred to as the most complicated scheduling shot in the history of cinema because of all the people they had to get there. There was no digital wizardry. Good. Everyone was there for that. I wondered shot. that as I watched. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kevin Feige told told a story because they shot the scene in October 2017, which was before Whoa. which was before a lot of other movies had been released, including Ant Man and the Wasp, where Michelle Pfeiffer shows up. So Kevin Feige was giving an interview, and he said that Tom Holland came up to him and was like. Is that Michelle Pfeiffer? What's going on? <laughs> he also said that Gwyneth Paltrow asked why Samuel L. Jackson was there. And that other actors jumped in and were saying like, what are you talking about? He's Nick Fury. You've been in movies with him. <laughs> the most Gwyneth thing. And there's also interviews of her like with Jon Favreau where they're talking about how she was in like a 30 second scene in Spider-Man Homecoming. And she's like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> and Favreau's like, yeah, you were. Oh my gosh. She's just collects the cash money and bounces. Like, Never watches anything, I'm sure. Sam Jackson, what the hell? Huh? What are you doing here? Iron Man 3? She's like, there is an Iron Man 3? <laughs> um, I didn't know if you noticed this, but there's a kid sort of in the background of yeah. the funeral shot. You know who that is? No. That's the that's Harley, the little boy from Iron Man 3. That's who that is. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah, he grew that's, up. They pulled him back just for one scene. When it's like, who are you? <laughs> There's apparently 19 Academy Award nominees in this movie. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. There's like 50 people, so... That scene is fantastic. I love that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a perfect sort of walk through all those characters. Morgan yeah. and Happy and the Cheeseburgers. Oh. That, that actually, this time around, that really like got me. And his, <laughs> his recording that he records for her is yeah. just... Man, what a great movie. It's such a beautiful ending for one of the best characters of the last decade. So I thought I'd probably better record a little greeting in the case of an untimely death on my part. I mean, not that death at any time isn't untimely. This time travel thing that we're going to try and pull off tomorrow, it's, it's, it's got me scratching my head about the survivability of a home. That's the thing. And again, that's the hero gig. Part of the journey is the end. What am I even tripping for? Everything's going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to. I love you 3,000. Closure of Steve Rogers' arc. Mm -hmm. Did you know that he was going to go back in time? Until it happened? No. And like stay there? No. I didn't even pick it up when he saw Peggy in the 70s. No. Some people say they did. Maybe they did. I mean, I'm not like accusing them that they didn't. But like, I, I didn't. I no. It was it was a surprise, but a, like it's wonderful. Old man Steve, looking looking good. Fierce. Looking great for an old man. He apparently lives to like about 140 because of the super soldier serum. So he ages slower. That was a mixture of practical makeup and digital effects. So like he had like a prosthetic on, but then they actually like kind of like tweaked it a bit digitally. And then they had they pasted the movements of an older body double. Apparently, Chris Evans's mother. <clears throat> Couldn't stop crying when she saw the movie because she said he looked just like his late grandfather. Oh my Weird. gosh. Isn't that great? I wonder if we could find a picture on Google, do you think? I tried. Because <laughs> he. Chris he, Evans' he, grandfather. Well, he, he held some like uh, local political office in like the state they were in. I, like, I don't know. 
Okay, so the, the cr- passing of the torch, the mantle of Captain America to Sam. I felt that even harder this time. I don't know why. Well, probably because of things that have been going on. Sure. First off, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes have both been Captain America in the comics, have taken up that mantle. So I did like that there was kind of like that, that acknowledgement between the two characters of like, yeah. you should do this. It's, it's not me. Yeah. Like Optics wise, the Winter Soldier should not be Captain America. <laughs> but like, there's something so cool about like Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. Yeah. Anthony Mackie, that's the actor. Didn't know if he knew that was his name. I didn't know. Um, he was surprised to learn that his character would become Captain America. He learned it from Chris Evans on accident. He tells a story <laughs> These that... guys. I know. This is why they have to keep the script a secret. <laughs> he was at Chris Evans' house and Chris Evans was like, so are you excited? And he said, I'm paraphrasing his story. He's like, what are you talking about? And then Chris says like, you don't know? And then jumps up, runs out of the room, comes back with the script. They read the scene together. He said, we cried, we drank, we laughed. I'm very happy I got to that moment with Chris. For him not only to pass me the shield, but to tell me what that it was happening. Oh, that's Aww. really nice. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That scene is really beautiful too. And just him being like... How does it feel? Like it's someone else's. It isn't. Some of the like story details of the Falcon Winter Soldier TV series is that the government has like a different idea. Like they have their own person they want to be Captain America, oh, and that's part of the conflict. Is he's the one that's been chosen by Steve Rogers? I think it's will be a very timely show. Oh, <laughs> that's gonna be great. Uh, but like I yeah, it, man, I I'm super excited for that. I think it's I think it's I love that scene so much. And then it might edge out for me. The Dark Knight as the best superhero movie ending for me. I wept. <laughs> it's I love this big bombastic movie with these huge battles and like huge like outrageous sci-fi concepts, time travel, super soldiers, space. That the last shot of like this story is just this simple like dance between two people. It's just such like a simple, uncomplicated scene. And just like this American town, it's the fifties. Oh, this character got what he wanted. And what I wanted for him, and I couldn't, like, I'm so happy for him. And it also, like, sums up what they were fighting for, each individually, their own ending with family and friends. You know, like, yeah, that's, it it is a very simple concept, that they just wanted their their people back, you know? And just fulfilling that promise of, in Captain America, the first Avenger. Women aren't exactly lying enough to dance with the guy they might step on. You must have danced. Well... Asking a woman to dance always seems so terrifying. In the past few years, just didn't seem to matter that much. Figured I'd wait. For what? Right partner. Maggie. Okay. You're gonna need a rain check on that dance. A week next Saturday at the Stork Club. You got it. Eight o'clock on the dot. Don't you dare be late. Understood? 
You know, I still don't know how to dance. I'll show you how. Just be there. We'll have the band play something slow. I'd hate to step on your... Steve? You've been asleep, Cap, for almost 70 years. You gonna be okay? Yeah. Yeah, I just... I had a date. You're alive. You, you came... you came back. Yeah, baby. It's been so long. So long. Well, I couldn't leave my best girl. Not when she owes me a dance. Oh, and they get to have their dance. Yeah. The Russo said their favorite shot in the movie is the long crane shot from the street up to the window. I love that. that. Dancing. It, it's a per it's a perfect. It's perfect. I have some like just random things. All right, hit but us. do you have any other like things you want to say about the story or anything? We've really like <laughs> picked it clean. Yeah. Um. Just Captain Marvel's hair and also a funeral outfit. <laughs> oh, what was her funeral outfit? Oh, like this weird baggy jeans. Oh, oh very chic, I thought. <laughs> what, do you like Wong's? You noticed Wong's? I was really like picking like, I was really picking up what everyone was wearing. I yeah. was too. Wong had like kind of like a dojo looking like. I appreciate, I appreciate what everyone's wearing. Yeah. Except for Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Panther crew. Oh, his they, long coat. It's so badass. They yeah. always look, they <laughs> they always look, look fantastic. so good. You got a little... And at the end... You got a peek of Wakanda again. Yes. I want to see... And when he's got the, the gauntlet, and he's just like flipping through the air, like a cat, like it's so cool. What's so cool is they take... <laughs> He's like a cat man, but he, he plays it so cool. I know. When it it's shouldn't not be stupid. that cool. Like the, like the dumbest concepts in these movies are like executed so well, we were like, that's awesome. Yeah. Captain America's entire outfit, and you're just, you think it's cool. I This is my favorite Captain America outfit because the comic one has like chainmail sort of built into it, and there's like little chainmail. I feel like this is the best, my, my favorite version of his outfit in all okay. the ones that we've seen. Mm hmm. What other hair? You, I feel like you, uh, had, you some, had some, you you had had some, some thoughts. thoughts. Oh, I think we got there both with Clint's hair and <laughs> Captain Marvel's hair. Uh-huh. Just dumb. They're stylists. They're fired. <laughs> well, I know that Captain Marvel's is supposed to like, she kind of has like a cropped up mohawk in the comics. So I think that one is attempting to like replicate to, that image. Okay. To play to that. Hawkeye, I have no defense Hawkeye. for. Hawkeye. What are you doing, it man? It looks good. No. He it is, does. It he is like awesome. a 50-year-old clinging to his 20s. Have I told you that I went to see, um, I went to see Conan in 2014 and uh, Jeremy Renner was the guest? Interesting. Go yeah, on. he was the guest and I was... I was kind of like, oh, the guy from the town. <laughs> like, I didn't really, <laughs> like, know who he was. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but he was the guest. Was oh, he a okay. good guest? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he was He seems like, like he's got he's an, an angry cool. energy about him. Yeah, he's just, like, cool and just well, When he's, chill. like, yelling at Thor, that was, the, the hair is bothering me at that moment. <laughs> oh, I really liked that. Here's the thing. <laughs> the hair's, uh, front forward, the hair's not so bad. No. It's, honestly, it's this, I'm gripping the back of my head. It's this crap. Yep. It's, it's it's the skunk. It's the angle you see as he says, you go up and find him. <laughs> also, I don't, I don't want to just pile on Jeremy Renner, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the strongest profile. So 
No. He's kind of got like a bit of a weak chin and like so the profile of the weak chin plus like the weird like skunkness going on in the back. He's a good looking man. He's very in shape. He's very yeah. successful. He's a great actor. You just don't like the skunk hair. Don't like hair. the skunk hair. I, it doesn't match what the character is going for. He's supposed to be like a man like there should be no vanity in him. All right. <laughs> they shot the Asgard scenes like the Norway. They shot those in Durham, England. Weird. Oh no, I'm sorry. Asgard. When they went to Asgard. That was in England. Oh. Scotland doubled for New Asgard. Okay. Okay. And then they shot New York and then just on their soundstage in Atlanta. Yeah. We we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast with Infinity War, Ryan, but oh. there you know you're aware of the Thanos theory? Go on. Thanos is a fan theory posited before this movie where they were trying to figure out how do the Avengers how is Ant Man uh, critical in defeating Thanos? And they said, What if Ant Man <gasps> shrinks? <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah. And goes into Thanos' ass and expands and kills him. Fair. I found this out. I found this out that Paul Rudd was asked about this, and he reluctantly approved of the Thanos theory, the Thanos theory. Uh-huh. And some uh, some scientists argued that it could technically work. Scientists, one, papers arguing. One re- one redditor suggested an alternate course of action where Ant Man would go giant sized put Thanos in his own anus, and then shrink. Oh. This movie was released on April 26th. It has an estimated budget of $350 million, making it one of the most expensive movies ever made. It was the biggest pre-sale movie ever on Fandango and Adam Tickets. Never heard of Adam Tickets. It's like a... I know Megaplex uses it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, That sounds made up. I'm wearing an Adam shirt. (laughs) Um, did you buy your tickets beforehand? I, I'm goofed up with Rise of Skywalker and didn't buy them till much later, but I knew, like, at, I set an alarm for, like, 6 a.m. this morning for Endgame to get my tickets in time. I feel like I texted you about that. Didn't we, didn't, weren't we like, got your tickets? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a similar thing where I set an alarm, I think, for 7. I don't know if I got up. I woke up at 7 in a panic. <laughs> I just looking at my phone and going, I got no, 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 I got no, 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 I got to find, I got to find, I got to find. <laughs> Why, why, why? They were going so fast. And they had so many screenings. Like, like every theater was every, showing it. Every theater, every screen was showing it. They basically had like one every like 10 minutes. Well, I remember I wanted to go land. I wanted to go the night of, the day of, mm-hmm. and I wanted it in IMAX. And so the first seats I found, I bought. And I remember texting my friend being like, we're going at 10 p.m. <laughs> I know. I remember I went with Peter Gilbert, who I also saw Infinity War with. You have to be okay with whatever time I find. I was like, yeah, we're getting... And I was like, we want a big one right in the middle. He's like, perfect. Because he kind of is... He's obviously less picky than me. I'm, I'm pretty bad. But like, I was pretty happy in general with my theater experience. But I remember we went about a week later with you, Courtney. And I was like, yeah, let me look at, let me look at what, what tickets we got. And just it was every... It hard. <laughs> except for like really shitty front row seats. They're like sold out all throughout. We barely found some like workable Weird. seats. Do you remember that? It was since it was the biggest pre-sale... Um, movie on both those sites it caused them both to crash minutes after the sales started well this movie is the highest grossing movie of all time it made 2.6 billion dollars oh my gosh it just edged out avatar right at the end there freaking avatar it was a movie a thousand times better than avatar yeah and they're gonna say a thousand years ago which it was yeah that (laughs) too i read a weird article one time about how it is so weird avatar was for 10 years the highest grossing movie of all time and has had no lasting cultural impact whatsoever. Have you seen anyone dressing up as Navi? No. Whoa, Zoe Saldana is rich as hell. Zoe Saldana is in <laughs> the Avatar. Avatar 
in the Guardians and Avengers movies in Star Trek. She is like low key. She's like the weird alien girl in every movie. <laughs> yeah, she's always a different color. <laughs> Wildly she's also successful. In Pirates of the Caribbean. <gasps> is she Calypso? No. no, she's the pirate girl. She's the pirate girl. Oh my gosh. Calypso. Yeah. Calypso. The swamp lady. Yeah. Well, she turns into like a giant Calypso and then turns into a bunch of crabs She's in the very, third one. very, that, sh- that, talk about texture problems. When, uh, when Bootstrap Bill is <laughs> a part of the ship. <laughs> and he just crusts. Oh, <laughs> I can't. Oh. He just, he peels off the inside like an old tree. Oh, it's so <laughs> gross. Oh man, yeah, all of those I guys. I forgot about that. They're all gross. Yeah, Davy Jones is disgusting. Yeah. He's just like a squid thing, though. He's pretty gross. Oh, the Kraken. <laughs> Sorry, it's oh, like a weird pirate's turn. <laughs> <laughs> those would be kind of fun to podcast about. Should we do the first one sometime? Yeah, I love that, that one. That is great. It's a great movie. Uh, Deadline estimated that Avengers Endgame broke even after five days. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It was the fastest movie to make $1 billion, five days, mm-hmm. to make $1.5 billion in eight days, and it made $2 billion in 11 days, beating Avatar's record of 47 days. Whoa. In less than two weeks, it had made over $2 billion. God. You know those like little things that are like, that help you like try to wrap your mind around a like million dollars? This one rice is a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then this... Six pounds of rice is a billion dollars or whatever it is. That's what I think about when I like when like when you said it took three hundred and fifty million dollars to make that movie. Wrapping my mind around three hundred and fifty million dollars is well, like I can't. But two billion dollars? Not even three fifty. The rule of thumb for a, a mass movie like this is that the marketing costs double production. So like Let's just say this cost $700 million to Even make. still, $2 billion? They made a profit of over a billion dollars. It is insane. I know. <laughs> now you're mad. I go to sleep, <laughs> but forever. You feel a money that was the coma? last thing you ever said. A money coma? <laughs> Green blood comes out of your ears. The last... The thing before that that I talked about was Pirates of the Caribbean. Calypso. <laughs> uh, also, it has 94% Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, everyone loved this. Is this the highest Rotten Tomatoes? I think Black Panther is higher. I think Black Panther is 97. Interesting. They're all pretty high. It's hard It's hard not to get below 80 for these movies, but we'll go around the room. Okay. Favorite character, least favorite character. Favorite character... Had to be. Is it a favorite <laughs> character in this movie? Yes, let's okay. go. Yeah, let's go with this movie. I think it would have to be Iron Man, just because of seeing another side of him that was like so interesting, and he had he definitely had the most to lose. Yeah, I think he had the most to lose, and he like went in knowing that. Uh, least favorite character it was a little tougher for me. I can also maybe also least engaging character, I guess. Oh, interesting. Okay, because uh, I wouldn't necessarily say Clint was my least favorite character, but he he didn't um, do it for me in this okay. movie. Yeah, except his haircut. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> okay, not to be the same, but oh, I, I I think Happy he's my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> no, I think Iron Man. <laughs> well, there's this moment at the end with Happy and Morgan, and there's this part of me that's like, he started this. Yeah, and I think that's also what hits so heavy. No, I think this is Iron Man started this. Iron Man gets to finish. 
So he he's my favorite character in this. And maybe least engaging, Gamora. Like, oh, yeah. she's great in Guardians, but I'm like, eh, you're not doing a whole lot here. That is something that I didn't really connect with. I still don't connect with, like, Nebula and, like... I mean, I think she's, like, very cool and I love the design of her and, like, everything. But I, there's just, like, I don't really... I still don't really understand because I've never seen Guardians. The dynamic between her and Gamora and also her and her father. I mean, I understand that a little bit more than, like, her and Gamora. But there's just a piece missing and I don't know what it is. Well, I kind of feel the same because I think it's because that dynamic should have a bit more, like, dramatic depth to it. And it kind of just doesn't. It feels a little generic. I don't know if seeing Guardians, the Guardians movies, would necessarily change that for you. Because I am also kind of like, yeah. I wish there was a little more to this. But, yeah. oh well. I want to switch my answer to Nebula. Okay. I, uh, my, my favorite character, it's kind of a toss-up between Captain America and Iron Man, but for the sake of diversity, I'll, I will, I will slightly edge Steve Rogers just because Tony's so good in this. Like, I love what they do with this character. Oh, we know. But I do think the best moments in the movie come from Steve Rogers to me, Mm -hmm. which is like lifting the hammer and like his one man stand against the world. And like the final shot, like pound for pound, the most emotional I get in the movie is like, because of him, which I also just think is amazing given how much I was apathetic or even like annoyed by his character at the start of this whole series of like, you're just kind of self-righteous and like a, like a bad hang. I don't really like you. You're kind of a bummer and you think you're the best. You're kind of a dick. Yeah. yeah. And how now I'm just like, I want you to be so happy, <laughs> Steven. So, so he is my, my most engaging character. I think probably least engaging for me might be, uh, a roadie. Yeah. I don't think they really give him much to do. I, I like for continuity's sake that he's just like there and like a pretty solid supporting guy in all these roles. Yeah. But same same with Sam. Well, Sam's. I think Sam Sam, Sam has a lot. In, he's got more. To well, do. He has more ahead of him too. Yeah. And like this will probably be the last time we see roadie. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, he, he's like perfectly he's fine, fine. But I just I if you removed him, nothing would really change. Yeah. So. Most engaging, least engaging moment in the movie. Oh, least engaging for me was when the nebulas do the switch. Mm-hmm. Um, when Thanos has her hanging and he's like trying to get her memories. That I just same same thing I said before. I just am like, there's something miss. I don't I don't know. It's just like there's not a lot there for me. So I I feel like I'm least engaged during that part. It's a lot of stuff I don't really understand. Yeah. Um. Most engaging. I have so many. Maybe pick the time that you were really like the most emotional. I think I was most emotional this time. Thor's mom. Uh, that one was really got me. Were you were you more emotional about something else the first time you saw it? I wasn't very emotional this time when everyone showed up at the final battle, but I I was more emotional. I remember last you time. sobbing I know. during Natasha Romanoff's death. Oh yeah, that was really the first sad time. too. <laughs> In theaters. Oh, oh I cried yeah. during everything. But like this time I didn't It was the Thor mom stuff the really Thor connected mom. with you. Yeah. Least engaging for me is maybe when Black Widow is going to, to get Clint and we're just watching him sort of fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um uh, okay, I get it. You're you're doing these terrible things. Um, you have such a problem with Clint. But I also agree. Like the the Nebula stuff also isn't the most engaging. Just because it's kind of like we've mm, we've seen this already. We don't yeah. need to spend time with you guys anymore. Most uh, I love when everyone shows up. It I, I love a good sense of community. I love 
people working together. Seeing them on their balconies. I love matching outfits. People being there. Do Um, you really? (laughs) Ray loves. Oh, I love a good match. (laughs) Paul hates it. He hates it so much. It's my favorite thing to accidentally (laughs) match it. No, I, I love the stakes that they create that it's like, huh, it, it's, it might be over. And then, no, it's not. Everyone's here to help. I'll probably actually echo what you guys have said. Least engaging part is Thanos rewatching scenes from earlier in the movie and just being like, I know we need to like mechanically get to like Thanos showing up in the future and how that's going to like logically add up. But it's like, oh, can we skip this part? I don't really care. I want to get back to like characters I care about. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't care about the ones we don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most emotional part in the movie is the portals, them showing up. That whole sequence is just, it's so overwhelming and it's just like, we've done it and I know that we're going to watch like a big fight that's mostly removed of stakes and just mm-hmm. a big action sequence. But it's like, you know what? We deserve it at this point. I want to just watch my heroes kick some ass. Yeah. They're all together. I feel so good. Him just being like, assemble. And they all and run. Yeah. So good. Best worst costume in the movie. Best would have to be, I don't have vision this time. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with, I love their time travel suits. Okay, yeah. Those are so cool. All digital. That's crazy. When they were filming, they had not decided on a design yet. I yeah. love those. I love when they're all in the white. They're cool, and huh? Gray. Yeah. And then they like do the little. Vroom. Um, Rhodey doesn't have the same. He has his regular mask. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why. Uh, is that kind of weird? I think it's because he has to wear the suit in order to like move around. Oh. Best. I have a couple. Is that okay? That defies the point of the question, Ryan. But go on. You're a guest here. <laughs> Black Panther's funeral outfit. Oh shit. <laughs> sure. Thor's. Fat armor. <laughs> um, Looks comfy. And Captain America's ass. I mean, come on. That is America's ass. Least favorite? I don't love the Tessa Thompson, her outfit. Oh, the whole getup? Yeah. Okay. My favorite is probably Captain America's suit. I It's my favorite like iteration of that costume. I think they all look actually really good for they the do. most part in this movie, but... If I had to like settle on one, I'm like, I, I think they just really nailed like the practical application of like what he's doing, but also having it be true to the inspiration of what the suit is. Oh, you forgot to mention your other favorite outfit. Hulk in sweaters. Oh, Hulk in sweaters. <laughs> but no shoes. You feel like those don't fit. They're all like September sweaters. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so funny. When Thor is on Asgard and his mother's like, what are you wearing? Oh, this is one of my favorites. I always wear this. <laughs> It's like a hoodie. And then a robe on top of a hoodie. And he has fingerless gloves. All right. I want to just go also rank the Avengers movies. I'm including oh, Civil man. War. It's changed, actually, with this rewatch. Age of Ultron has bumped up for me. I'm going to say number five, uh, Original Recipe Avengers. Okay. Number four, Infinity War. Number three, Age of Ultron. Number two, Civil War. Number one, Endgame. I'm a big Civil War fan. The movie, not like the... The cultural event, event yeah. the war. I'm going to go five original Avengers. Okay. Even after watching that one, I was like... I wonder if your opinion would be different if you didn't know where this was going. Maybe. Four, Civil War. Three, Age of Ultron. Two, Infinity War. Wow. Five, uh, one, Endgame. Okay, interesting. Endgame is the best one. It's in a league of its own. It really is. It's so good. Sorry, I keep going. That's okay. Um, I'll put Avengers original, five, Civil War. Age of Ultron, Winter Soldier. Not Winter Soldier. Infinity War. Endgame. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, get out. 
You know what's amazing? If I would have told myself in 2012, after having just left the Avengers, having a great time, if I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is going to be the bottom. <laughs> this is the bottom. Like, you have you have no idea what you have in front of you. Wow. I would have been so psyched. Age of Ultron's a good watch. It is. Underrated. So many people hate on it, and I feel like they're just missing such great philosophy and ideas and character work underneath Definitely that. Definitely top just, three. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. Endgame is just... It's so strange. It's so unique. It's like beautiful and like touching and like just it's it's in like a whole another different stratosphere. I think it's so much better than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Although I do love Civil War a lot for the same like emotional character work too. But mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you specifically, Courtney. You haven't seen a lot of the Phase One through Three movies. We've just kind of hit some highlights. You've seen some other random ones. What movie are you most excited to check out post this going forward? I think I'd go Black Panther first. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go Guardians. Ant-Man, probably. Oh, really? Well, I've seen Ant-Man, but I haven't seen Ant-Man in the Lost. Okay. I have no idea what happens in that movie. It's a um, good time. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's Michael my, Pena. My niece's favorite movie. Uh, my <laughs> criticism of the first Ant-Man was I didn't think they did enough fun things with the shrinking. They do some really funny like sight gags and like great stuff with the shrinking and getting big in mm-hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I'm going to list some projects going forward that Marvel has on its docket. I just want, I want, I'm curious what you guys, what is the, like, maybe the, the number one, you can list other ones you're excited for too, but what's the number one Marvel project you want to watch? Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We got a third Spider-Man movie, Thor Love and Thunder. And then for like Disney Plus series, we have like a Loki series, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, They've also announced a She-Hulk one, Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. and uh, Moon Knight. What's Moon Knight? He's like kind of, I don't really know a lot about him, but he's more of like a darker ground level character. Okay. I think it's going to play a bit more. They're, they also announced a Blade movie with Mahershala Ali. Oh, interesting. As Blade, oh. which is vampires. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I, you... I think Moon Knight does have a bit like of that element and they kind of like overlap a bit. Which of those are you like, I can only see one tomorrow. That's what I'm seeing. WandaVision, 100%. All the way. I think I'm most excited for Thor Love and Thunder. I know what you're going to say. What do you think I'm going to say? Okay, the pressure's on. (laughs) Captain America and the Winter Soldier. No. I think if I had to pick something... Sorry, Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2 were in there too. Sorry. I don't know if that changes anything. Maybe not. Well, yeah. If I had to pick anything, it would be Doctor Strange. Because I think they're going to go super weird with it. Scarlet Witch is going to be in it. I think they're going to do a lot with like jumping to different like multiverse things. Uh-huh. Like it has the potential to be get really weird. They lost the director. The first the director of the first Doctor Strange was going to direct it, and they lost him. Like creative differences. Oh. So they brought in Sam Raimi, who oh. directed the Spider Man trilogy, the Tobey Maguire ones, <laughs> and he has a background in like campy horror stuff. There's a part of me that knows this won't happen, but you know sometimes they really give fans what they want. Sam Raimi's involved. They have access to Sony characters. Are we going to get five minutes of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man showing up in an alternate universe? Can you imagine? Like, just the possibility of that and, like, all these stars aligning, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. That would be the one I'm like, that's what I got to see first. Is that the one that's going to be kind of horror-y? Yes. Well, I don't know because the the director who did the first one and was going to do this, he's from a horror background. He did like Sinister and like that's like Scott Derrickson is his name. And I feel like the creative differences were like he wanted to go like, let's go full horror with this. Mm. And I'm sure Marvel was like, whoa, 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 we can't go like too much. The thing, I would love Tobey Maguire to be in a movie, but is Tobey Maguire allowed to be in movies anymore? Because of Molly's game? Yeah. Because he's an asshole player X. <laughs> Damn you, player X. He is. 
Wouldn't that be wild if he showed up for like, I, uh, I just want like a minute of him. I just yeah. want a taste. I don't know. He walks by. We did it. We watched the mainline Avengers movies. We did. They were great. Maybe next to Star Wars, probably more than Star Wars, this is the most important cultural achievement in film history. I don't think you're wrong. No, I don't either. And we watched it happen, which is really fun. All right. Any other final thoughts from anyone? I'm just so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having we me. Did. I've loved having you. Thank these. you. And thank you for the treats. Wow. We really had a good <laughs> family night They were night bribes. Tonight. Courtney, if people want to reach the podcast, where can they find us? They can find us on Instagram at Wife Watches. They can find us on Twitter at Wife underscore watches, not the underscore. They can find us, send us an email at mywifewatchesmovies at gmail.com. Ryan, where can people find you on the socials? Oh, okay. You can find me at Rye Green Shorts. Whoa. On Twitter and Instagram. That's crazy. And Letterboxd. I'll put a little plug in for Letterboxd. <laughs> what is Letterboxd? <laughs> it's a movie app. Oh. Feels appropriate. I think so. You log the movies you watch. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I want to do that. You I know. can. Am I too late? No. Can I past Phil? Totally. Okay. I just barely started in January. Pa- I think Paul sent me the link to it three times. He, <laughs> he's excited to hear your recommendations. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, and remember, five years ago, we lost. All of us. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. Today, we have a chance to take it all back. One round trip each. No mistakes. No do-overs. Be careful. Look out for each other. This is the fight for our lives, and we're going to win, whatever it takes.